Trinidad and Tobago Computer Society Podcast Number 9, March 11, 2006. Computer Society's ninth podcast. Uh, with us today are uh, Nissan, Mike, Richard, Anna, Colin, and myself, Devanand. On this podcast, we'll be talking about this of several local uh, computing related topics in Trinidad and Tobago, and as well as a few overseas uh, stuff. So, first off, Trinidad and Tobago Computer Society Oswin CD, that's our compilation of open source software for Windows. We have released uh, version 1.1, the ISO, on February 9th, uh, 2006, and to date it's actually gotten quite a bit of publicity. It's been mentioned on lifehacker.com on February 14th, and also uh, around February 20th or so, it was a German telecommunications company running freenet.de offered to mirror it, and to date we have now had over 2,236 downloads. The freenet.de mirror, a German mirror, has like 1,181 direct downloads. And also, within the, within the past week, uh, we've been also been mentioned in, uh, in England on, uh, on VUNet network, which runs, pe- which runs a variety of magazines, including Personal Computer World, PC Magazine. We, we've been mentioned, we, we was reviewed and given five stars. And, uh, and actually, the one night, the verdict on, from, this, from the summary was was, quote, a great compendium of free software with something for everyone. And that one, we've also gotten quite a bit of uh, downloads coming in through that. Uh, well, if you just search for TTCS, Oswin, on Google, you'll see a lot of yes. mentions of, of the Oswin CD. That's right, yeah. Quite a few blogs have mentioned us as well. And so on, which, is, which is good. Uh, so far, oh, really good. Yeah. Version 1.2 should be coming out soon. Because uh, the Open Office 2.02 came out this week, and it's, but, I'm, but I'm seeing there's a few other programs that are that are going to be released within the next week or so. So I just want to wait for that, and then probably release it probably the third or fourth week of uh, March. So basically, every time there's a version upgrade, it's because that a set of software from the CD has been updated. Yes, usually I, I guess my threshold is like when it's 10% of the programs, when more than 10 programs have been updated, then yes, then a new version should be rolled out. Okay. Cool. You know, so right now it's only about three programs have been updated so far uh, since since the release. Open Office being the most significant of it. But I think Dot Widget is is, is going to be nearing a 1.0 release. That's a that's a uh, engine that allows you to put widgets on your uh, on your Windows desktop. That's that's going to be released very soon. That's sort of a confabulator wannabe kind of. Kind of. Well, yeah. Well, I don't know about wannabe, but... Uh, <laughs> 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 but yes, it's something like Confabulator. Uh, what do you call it on... Um, which, well, what do you call it on... Oh, the, the, uh, dashboard. Although I have to admit, Confabulator actually Im- implemented it better than Dashboard did, yeah. Are you saying something on a PC is better than that? Well, it started off on a Mac. True. Sure. Oh, okay. Nice <laughs> <All right. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> <Let's> try. <laughs> <laughs> now, with Confabulator, it's actually quite good software. Yahoo bought them out. Uh, That's right, I made it available for free. Yeah, they released all the APIs so you can actually write confabulator plugins mm-hmm. yourself. 
So this dot logic software sounds quite interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah you can also write your own widgets. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's quite you know the weather widgets is actually more the better ones I've seen. Mm-hmm. You know, you could you could just enter Trinidad, bam, you see and you see you see. Uh, the yeah, you have to tell me which widget does that because at so many of those weather widgets. You type in Port of Spain or Trinidad or Piarco, and none of them seem to know that, that those three names exist. Yeah, no, but it works. It works out, um, you know, fairly out of the box. You know, because it, it also has a lot, uh, quite an interesting API behind it. There's also something called Snarl that uh, allows you to send no, uh, message notifications. It's M A R L. Yes, it's originated on. It's actually something. It's a it's a message notification for. I think it started off on a Mac as well. Okay. I've been looking at the Mac recently, and I realized that you know a lot of good software that comes out on PC usually. You know, it doesn't start on. Uh, it doesn't start on the Mac. It's inspired by something from the Mac. It is time for you to get your own Mac Mini. <laughs> oh hell no! <coughs> I want integrated graphics. I need to improve. improve you can buy one of the old ones. I want an Intel chip. Uh, well, there is MacBook Pro. How much is MacBook Pro? If Apple wants to hire me, yeah, I'm not going to be available. Yeah. No, no, is it a 12 Okay, maybe I'm wrong. No, the MacBook Pro is the laptop model. Right. And that starts at 1999 US. Okay. The iMac, which the Intel chip, starts at 1299 US. Okay. There you go. And you can see those prices at apple.com slash store if you're interested. Or if you're like me and you hopelessly dream every day by just watching the websites. Yeah, dream of a Mac. Okay, well, let's see. Let's answer, answer other various local stuff. First, once again, uh, telecommunications uh, with CSTT, Digicel, Lactel, making oh. a news for this. Uh, uh, this, is, this is probably the first negative publicity we've seen for Digicel okay. and Lactel. The whole issue of these cell towers. Well, I won't say that this was not. I won't say this was the first. But just to mention what it is, it's about the cell phone uh, towers controversy. Uh, we, we touched about this on the in the January podcast. That you know that you know there's been a lot of a lot of cell phone towers being built by all, by all three companies, and right now there's been a like, sort of like a consumer backlash. You know, people are complaining about hey, you know, we don't want the cell phone tower here. You know, I think at one one place, I think they barric well, they blockaded it um, in Gulfview. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anywhere there's rich people. That's not <laughs> fair. <laughs> the poor people complain too. Yeah, but the poor people are ignored. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> so, so, but so people are complaining about all the various the cell phone towers. But what is the complaint exactly? Is it complaint that that it's they're worried about their health, or is it complaint that you know it looks bad, or is it complaint that because my neighbor has a cell phone tower and I don't, I don't get the extra fifteen grand a month? No, no, I think they're really saying, No, I think that people are, are worried about the health health concerns. But are there health issues? Have they, they been in these are the same people. Or? These are the same people who will live with a cell phone right next to their head for well, that, eighteen that's hours that's a all day. All the point I was making are the pixel line. I mean, there are so many other things that are going to kill you Pollution. before you even <laughs> get to the cell tower and kill you and, and, and fry your brains and you know, cuddle your stomach and all sorts of wonderful stuff. You know, down, down to the drinks we drink, you know, the food we eat. So the, teflon, we, the teflon that we fry our food in that, that, that flakes off and goes in our stomach and does ungodly things to our body. So yeah. if somebody from Gulfview comes up to us and says, you know, I'm not getting good reception on myself, we'll tell them. We have the right to tell them. That's yeah. your problem. <laughs> no, we have the right to laugh at them. I'm wondering, is it because people are seriously concerned and they know the facts, or is it one of those similar town rumors where 
that start that people and people are saying and things about self and tells and yeah it's one of the tongues yeah, tongue. is it a, is a panic thing like bird flu mm. right so if we want to educate people about you know self and tells and what's really happening well the thing is, I mean I mean the thing is I mean right, realistically I don't think there's really any medical evidence to see that I don't think there's been any long term medical evidence to see that uh, you know self to self and you know towers well not so much the towers really but more the the antennas mm-hmm. uh, are harmful for what they do to the body for long term duration and all that. The jury is still out on it, you know, it's just, you know. Because you know there's an issue in the States with power lines, power lines being crossed. But because power lines have such high voltages just running through them, they release a, 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 a electromagnetic radiation that affects people. But what they're saying about cell phone towers is that cell phone towers don't emit, um, don't carry high voltages and they don't emit such high or such ranges of radiation like the like the power lines. So therefore it doesn't affect um we talking about well with with cell phone towers if you're talking about um uh radio frequencies mm-hmm. uh transmissions. But, but as Mike pointed out to me, you know, the bigger danger is basically because basically the cell phone is basically right a miniature cell tower a cell phone tower to your head with an antenna and all that kind of stuff. And to me, if anything, that's the bigger risk as opposed yeah. to the cell phone tower which, which is, is High Half up. a mile away or something, you know. Well, 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 well but high yeah, up. A couple hundred yards. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, high up, and it's not really directly, up, and you know, people aren't, aren't, ne- aren't next to the antennas. So if you're going to yak on the phone for 18 hours a day, make sure you have your little early uh, earpiece and your cell phone is well, tucked away somewhere else. Well, you can get a cordless uh, cell phone if you're really worried about that. A cordless cell phone. Get a Bluetooth uh, headset. Anno- another wireless device next to your head. Well, true. Oh, get a wired one then. Yes, the a wired, a wired uh, remote then, you know, put your headset and yeah, put your phone on the, on the table. So wireless remote will work? Wireless remote will work. It will work, but I mean, if you have the same concerns about cell phone, you know, hmm. you know, it, if, if, somebody, if somebody had a, a infrared one, I suppose that would work, but that would be very <laughs> inconvenient. Your phone would have to be line of sight of your ears for it to work, but yeah. And the Wi Wi-Fi on your... PCs, all of that, and all of that, go yep, yep. live somewhere, <laughs> jungle or something, because there's RF all over the place. But the thing also about this cell phone towers is that you know I think that a lot of them have been constructed well, have been built uh, without town and country, uh, town and country planning approval. approval. Mm-hmm. So but you see, the problem I have with that argument is that for years now people have been building buildings without town and country planning approval because town and country takes so long to approve. Correct. So what makes a cell phone tower different from, say, the million dollar towers that they, they had going up? That, that would be able if, to if, if those were built with a which we don't know for certain. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that I didn't write those. I didn't write those. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't write the, I knew it. But the one who said, please don't say anything to get a suit. <laughs> <laughs> I said it. I said it. You want to sue someone? That would be Any losses, please redirect to. Well, what you can do is complete it all. Ah, yes, the power of the editor. We should do a live one one day. I can record, but you're not in that one. You'll see Mike David is five seconds in his trigger finger. <laughs> 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 
with, with, all, with all, the, all the cell towers going up, I mean, it, it, it's not going to matter if we can't inter- interconnect them because TSTT and Lactel and, and Digicel are still at loggerheads. Yeah. Is it TSTT and Lactel and Digicel or just TSTT well, and Digicel? Well, it's TSTT and everybody else. Well, I read the article and I didn't see Lactel mentioned anyway. Well, well, the article is basically saying that, well, that what's going to, what's going to happen now is that it's going to go to an arbitration process when Digicel, because apparently Digicel and TSTT can't agree on on how, how the interconnection rates are going to be, what the interconnection costs are going to be. It's not so much a technical thing, it's, it's what the, how much the interconnection costs of phone calls are going to be. Actually, it would be actually interesting enough, um, there, there was an announcement last week from TSTT that apparently that, uh, well, according to, according to the TSTT notice that uh, the Public Utilities Commission uh, under, in, the, in the 80s had established that apparently we, are got, we would get 20 free call units every month, each That's like four dollars and sixty cents that which, we get every month. Yeah. So and that, but, but I think what TSC is planning trying to do is uh, remove that. I thought they already did. And I thought they were just being nice by giving me that four dollars and sixty cents every month. So, it is what, uh, but let's see, TSTT and being nice, do those words even belong <laughs> in the same sentence? Okay, no, you need to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> That's obvious bias there. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but mind you, I, I think the point was made at the pizza line that, uh, that probably, you probably do need to do this because if you have other people coming into the fixed phone line market, the... Four dollars and sixty cents might be viewed as a, 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 a subsidy. So but they haven't awarded anything to anyone yet. They have. Uh, the Columbus Communications uh, have has applied and gotten the idea, uh, license for fixed phone. Is Columbus Communications? No, but where did they come from all of a sudden? I was like, last time I checked. I mean, who's the parent company? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Who who are these people? Well, um, the, the people who bought the cable company. <laughs> I was like, I don't know who you are. And suddenly, not only did you buy out the only cable company in the country, but you also got a, a fixed line communication. Uh, actually, no, no, they they're not the only cable company in in the country because right. because Tobago has their own cable okay. company. Okay, you know what? Turn that <laughs> right. No, no, but actually, no, actually, no, no there's small there's small operators around. That's right. Do they have licenses? They have licenses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They probably do. Yeah, they have two two licenses in Edinburgh and San Fernando. And also TSTT is also going to enter the cable market as well. Ah, uh, yes, showing their true colors in every in every possible walk of life. I wonder. Was that green? Mm. <laughs> yeah, TSTT answering the cable company, the cable market. I green, yes, you know. That's all you have to say about them. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, so going back to the, uh, the 20, 20 units, uh, free, free 20 units subsidy, so it can be, it can be, it can be. It's probably true that you know that it probably will be regarded as a uh, subsidy. You know, when Columbus Communications begins to operate their fixed line service. Okay, so fixed line service means that you have to have cables running. Okay, so they're basically Columbus is going to offer you phones through their cable, through their cable. So they're offering internet through your cable. They're offering phone through your cable. They're offering cable through your cable. Cable TV. Cable TV through your cable. Um, does a cable line actually carry all this money? Yes. A single television channel can carry a full 10 megabit Ethernet signal, one channel. Oh. And with today's compression, probably even more than that. Mm. So it was a good company to buy out then. <laughs> mm. 
Yeah, plus, I mean, they have a very large fiber backbone. Yes, that's right. They, they ran up, I think they, they, this parent company also did a fiber backbone to Jamaica. Yeah. And I think... So Columbus, this parent company is also known as Columbus. Not too sure. I, I, I don't know if ever, I don't know that the person who owns it, uh, Michael Chen. Actually, I have no idea. Uh, what does Google say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's listed in the Forbes. Uh, he's he's um, listed in the Forbes millionaires. So, isn't isn't he the guy who um, sailed from from Spain to discover the new world? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, they call themselves the New World Network. Okay, that doesn't. Because well. <laughs> <laughs> they're what people did for the new will. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 They brought civilization to the hands of this part of the world. Oh, yeah. One way of looking at it. You're a glass half full kind of guy, aren't you? No, no, no. You never, you never just argue about whether the glass is half full or half empty. You just say that the glass is too large. <laughs> Yeah. And they also comes communications also purchased the New World Network, uh, which provides uh, IP services and is also a principal owner of the American Region Caribbean Optical Ring System, ARCOS. So they, they, they have some quite a significant, uh, quite a significant uh, uh, infrastructure. I'm trying to remember, try get the guy's name, I'm trying to remember it. Uh, Michael Leachin. There it is. There it is. Make it look at that. Michael Leachin. Wait, the Jamaicans need to name the name of What? It's Jamaican adults. He's on Wikipedia if you want to check him out. What would be interesting is whether he knows all this information is available <laughs> about him on the back. I'm sure. I mean, no, it's, oh, that was, a, that was official press releases, so yeah. <laughs> I have a Wikipedia page. Oh, what? <laughs> and he's been, men- he's been, been mentioned in Forbes magazine and so on. So, he's quite well known. So this is an up-and-up kind of guy. It's not a... Shady deal that went on. It seems. <laughs> Gee, he's making so much work for me. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I say enough you know, things that enough times, eventually Michael get fed up and just let it go. Oh yes, he's also yeah, he's also involved in AIC. That's right. Like I said, he's worked one of the 500 wealthiest persons. No, he says it says he immigrated to Canada. Oh uh, uh, yeah. Does that mean that he? That he, he, he was born in Jamaica. Right. Yeah, yeah, so, he so he, he okay, he's a Jamaican. But but did he? Is his home base still Jamaica or is it Canada? Well, considering he's one of Canada's heroes. Okay, I guess Canada. <laughs> representing one of the country's most intriguing and inspiring citizens. I don't think he considered Jamaica his hometown anymore. And Time magazine. Okay, right. But like I, but he, like I said, he's taken the AIC from a one million in assets to approximately ten billion in assets. So, so does that mean he'll bring all fifty low quality channels up to five hundred high quality ones? Well, I think they, they, I think at the news conference announcing the uh, launch of Columbus Communications, they said that they're going to be. I think they just mentioned the possibility of PVRs, you know, personal video recorders, so you can. So like TVOs in the States where you can pause, you know, pause TV, live TV and do recordings and so on. So, and lots more channels, better, better sound, better quality. All of this is nice and well, but I want to know two things. When and at what cost? Well, it, that's the thing. It, 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 he did, they did mention that it may cost more 
Well, the thing is, you can have all these nice bells and whistles, but at the end of the day, you can't price it on an American scale. If he's a foreign-based player looking to make an investment in a local market, he's not looking to make local profits. He's looking to make foreign-level profits. So, you know, mm-hmm. what kind of price are we looking at? Well, how much worse can it be with some of the prices that Cable and Wireless, a.k.a. TSTT, is charging us? <laughs> so, are we looking at another TSTT in the making? That's a good question. Mm. Again, well, again, TSTT is going to be entering the cable market. So, uh, is and, and don't, for, don't forget, TSTT doesn't yet have a real rival. Columbus does, because we do have DirecTV, and then they there is, the, there is the option of just simply... DirecTV is our rival. DirecTV is our rival. Yeah. Because they can, outside they can, of the corridor, they, they are can go in places that... that can yeah, outside the corridor. Right. And, I mean, then there's just simply the, the old concept of putting an out, outside area on your roof. Sure. And saying to heck with the both of them and just look at local TV. But even local TV, some of them don't carry on, lo- on, on air anymore. Some of them just carry through cable. Like uh, Guile, Guile doesn't carry through. Yes, they do. They do? They do. It's, well, it's Irie TV. Irie TV, yes. That that that's what I'm thinking of. And, uh, Sorry, and uh, CNC. Yeah. Those and are the C- two. Right, so, you know, in a, in a world that's, that's moving towards cable, how realistic is it to say that I'm just going to put an aerial on top of my TV and take whatever station says that is still broadcast on aerial? Well, when you consider that you have a, a good internet connection um, and most television stations give you the news much longer after it's happened than you can get information off the net, like you know BBC, CNN, some of the big names. I mean, you can get those just off the net with a dial-up connection. Does it really matter? There's local TV just for the news. I mean, there's local content, there's local programming. And there. you look at a lot of local content. I try to when I get a chance. You try to. I mean, <laughs> I'm it's not nice to be culturally inept. I, I tend to nice to see you doing your duty. It's not my duty, it's just, you know, this is where I'm from. Maybe one day I won't be here anymore in this country. And I would like to at least know that, you know, I lived my life in Trinidad knowing what Trinidad was about. I'm not just living here as a visitor. That's just my take on it. It's a very lonely stand. <laughs> <laughs> That's not inspiring. But it's inspiring. <laughs> my God. Well, Matthew's days was Matt Windows is supposed to be miserable. Happy, happy, happy. Maybe there's a recent news what's happened with Apple uh, recently. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that, we'll get to that. But back to this whole interconnection uh, thing. So Digicel and, and, and TSCT are just basically arguing right now. Digicel is saying, no, we're only paying this price and it's low. And TSCT is saying, no, we want you to pay this price and it's high. And basically no one is saying, let's pay this price, this is middle and fair. And that's basically how the argument is going right now. So, yeah, so what happens is it's going to an arbitration committee. Um, and all of what... Although the, although the, when the, the newspaper article in the Express said that it's possible that it, it's, it's stating that you know well it, you know it's going to be it's going to be longer it's, it's going to be take longer for mobile competition to take place. Uh, did you sell the thing? And it's saying that you know it can take place because what the arbitration committee can do is set a rate and then work out who pays what, what at, you know afterwards. So. 
is this just a stall topic by TSTP is my question. Because, you know, we're all suspicious of TSTP and the actions. We don't really know that for sure. I mean, we'd like to think, yes, that there's something as, sim- as simple as that. And we, you know, I, will, I will again refer back to Wabeus, where I lived during the interconnection period, mm-hmm. and the, the emergence of digital, and this is the same thing that happened. I remember a long, long time ago when we talked, first talked about digital popping on the market, and we thought it was November. I was like, no, they have a really long way to go. And this is the point I'm talking about. This is the point where TSCT is playing the trump card, saying, here, what? once we don't sign that interconnection agreement, you don't have to say about jumping into this market, and that's where we're going to stick you. Well, I mean, unlike, uh, unlike uh, David and I, I think that if they just, when Digicel and Lactel arrive, TSCT is going to hurt very, very badly, and I think they know that. Well, I, I think I, they're going to hurt very, very I, badly. Again, I don't think that's gonna, really going to happen because, I don't know, because, I, I mean, think, people, I we, I mean, I people think are short sure, but, but I have but discovered something. I mean, if digital comes and I get a mobile phone and I take it there from Windows, I don't need a landline. Just that's like right. that, yes, it is also my life. Yes, yes exactly. exactly. Anyone calls KFC to order food? You say. Yeah. <laughs> what? You Skype. Skype. <laughs> 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 so, right now, okay, right. as I said, I am, I am TSCT free except for my mobile phone. Yeah, you, you have a, yeah, and you, you keep a mobile, yeah. you keep a mobile um, prepaid with like $20 on it yeah. just for those emergencies. Yeah. I need KFC, so it's an emergency, so I'll call. <laughs> yeah. But let's, I think we're moving towards around the trend that where we are realizing that because of technology advancements and the people, the services that people are offering now, that companies are offering now, we can live without TSCT if we want to. And TSCT is realizing that we can't let these services jump in too fast because we don't have a way of competing with it yet. Because right now for internet services, there are wireless ISPs that don't go through TSCT. That's true. For cellular services, there will be Digicel and Lactel and they, you won't have to go through TSCT. For landlines, if Columbus comes through as fast as, you, as, as they, we would hope, then we won't need TSCT for landlines. So TSCT is realizing that their markets that have been normally been fixed and secure are disappearing. So what their strategy is apparently is just to try and delay this disappearance of market for as long as possible. Or at least until they can get some sort of countermeasure strategy in place. Well, I mean, look at, well, look, I mean, the, the whole big mobile strategy is, is pretty much that. Huh? Look, look, look how much money this is pumped into <coughs> Carnival. Uh, by by mm. by both well actually to, uh, to, to digital as well mm-hmm. but yeah CT I think I mean you are offering uh, free taxis and all this kind of stuff people buy rods. Right now, I mean, the thing you can establish is that right now it's a good time to be an advertiser, <laughs> you know, or, or you know, someone who sells T-shirts and, and well, and if you compare it to war in war, the money makers are always the people who sell the weapons. So if we consider this a competitive war, the people who sell the weapons are the advertisers yeah. and the marketers. So they have a lot to make right now, and this is straight from the point of it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, realistically, I don't. I mean, but, but alright. So did you say well, so when the interconnection, there was also this. It also went to arbitration between what happened to the government and did you some? Yeah, the government um, has in Barbados has something called the Fair Trade Commission, mm-hmm. and I think it went, which might be similar to our arbitration system, but it went to them, and basically they will suddenly came and wireless decided to agree on a rate, and this is very random and out of the blue, and there were rumors of you know, government inside deals going on with given a wireless, but they were never true, proven true, you know, but, uh, but the motivating factor for them to sign the agreement was never revealed. 
they just said they decided that it was a fairy, but it wasn't, you know, people didn't quite take to that answer. Uh, so but what, 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 what's the situation, Bob? I don't know, have you kept up with the situation, Bob? What, is, what happened when... Oh, um, Cayman Wireless really suffered. They like, everybody went to Digicello, AT&T Wireless, and, um, because they rates not only locally, um, but to foreign, for foreign calls, mm-hmm. were much less than calling from a landline, uh, were much less than Cayman Wireless rates, uh, up to the point where Digicel was being offered, Cayman Wireless had dropped their rates a bit, and people thought, wow, these are great rates, and si- same thing like TSCT, they signed these really long contracts, fixed contracts, Mm-hmm. Uh, with their service and then they just start comes to the market and they realize that whoa we're getting like 50% less cost for phone calls with digital and this other people and then came Wireless again dropped the rates by about 30% so they were still higher than the other provider but the thing is you think that they gave you a savings because they dropped their cost so much and then they co- and then they dropped their cost some more so basically you were left feeling that you were being taken for a ride for quite some number of years now that situation might not apply to Trinidad. Um, we won't see until we actually see rates come out. So basically, I think the interconnection agreement is for TSC to cover its deal by saying, here, what well, if you can charge them a higher price, then it will do and look as bad as it would in Barbados or in other countries. So because people can't charge that much less than what we're charging, so it won't look like we're fleecing them for that much more. <laughs> but then, so then we, so essentially then. Uh, the comp- you think, so you think the mobile competition will lower uh, phone rates? Definitely. Definitely. I would, because say, I would estimate at least 25% drop. And in some cases, if it's a, like they do the peak hour thing, uh, we can raise go down by about 50%. Okay, now that's just totally speculation. Number. Based on what I saw in Barbados. Okay. Because if they're fleecing them, if they're fleecing them the same way they fleece us, and then the prices came out, and they're coming out here the same way they came out in Barbados, that's the more the savings we'll get. But I get my feather too. <laughs> but the, the arbitration process, I think, is at the maximum of three months. Yes. Well, but, but it's, again, it's all a process. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's all a process. So what you have to say is, okay, we have to look at the whole system and say, okay, at the end of the day, what is the longest amount of time that it could possibly ever take? If TSDT was to stick on every single point and push every single deadline to its end. But the end and then you say, okay, well, at the end of the day, that's what TSCT is aiming for. Mm-hmm. And Digital would say, well, what's the shortest amount of time? But Digital and Nakta will say, what's the shortest amount of time at each point? And they'll say, okay, that's what we're aiming for. So between the short and the end, so like March 31st is probably, actually January 31st uh, was, the, was the shortest, and that's what Digital was aiming for. March 31st is impossible because that's when TSCT said they'd be ready with all the equipment. Uh, from a hardware perspective. Yeah, from a, yeah, from yeah. a hardware perspective. But in TSCT's inside, they're probably thinking, well, if we push it to arbitration, and arbitration is three months, we can probably get them back to as far as June, July. And they're still seeing that, and that's why they're pushing for, for this as fast as possible. So, you know, they, we may end up with March 31st, who knows, some deal might be brokered. You know, TSCT might, might talk to the government and say, hey, what if you let us get rid of, you know, everything and put everybody on token save or whatever you call it. Um, smart choice. Smart choice. You know, and get us get rid of this fixed line thing, then we'll just sign it over one time. And the government might say yes, and then they might say, okay, cool, well, we sign. And that, that could be as simple as what it needs to happen. Wait, so you mean everyone will have to be on this smart choice plan? Well, no, no, this is speculation. I don't have no idea. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, saying, I mean, in your, in your scenario. Yeah, in, in my scenario, in my scenario, yeah. This is what's going to happen. The government has to give TSCD something that's going to make them willing to want to sign this connection agreement fast. Well, what, 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 what? A license to continue operating. 
It's the one show captive market that they have, and they will make money. And I think, well, think so. Strangely enough, in Barbados, um, remember Barbados at the time had this uh, fixed line rate per month. You can call as much as you want within the island. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shortly after Digicel and, and, and AT&T Wireless came on, that kind of went away. Yeah. And they had the same uh, smart choice packages that we have. They had a system similar where you had a certain number of minutes per month. And they said, okay, well, everybody has to go on this. Uh, the only problem that I think happened is that... Um, they hit with the Free Trade Commission or the Fair Trading Commission in Barbados, which I don't think we have in Trinidad. And um, they said, oh, that's not fair. And but the so thing is, the thing is we, we keep looking at the wireless market as being mobile and portable. Mm. Um, the thing is, if something like that were to happen, I think, and this is, again, this is just speculation, I think it is possible for people to say, okay, well, if that's the case, then I don't want a landline, and I, am, I will put money on it. I'm sure somebody out there has got a sort of a home-based phone that takes a SIM card. You know, a desk phone. That, there are that fixed mobile phones which actually lay on a desk and right. take a SIM card. And, and all, you need, all you need now is, to, is for your business to have one of those attached to its PABX system, and now you can take calls from from a wireless provider, and you don't have to have the internet because your PABX will do the interconnect for you. Mm-hmm. And I think I think something if the moment that gate is open, TCT is going to start losing because especially especially if the, if the competitors can offer considerably better rates. And if that's the case, then TCT is dead. It goes back to the argument. TCT probably knows this, and they're seeing a world. In Trinidad, where we realize, where they realize their fixed markets and their dedicated markets no longer exist, mm-hmm. hence why they're trying to delay as much as possible. So this is until at least they can get a competitive oh, strategy in well, place. Well, like I said, when Digital releases, if Digital says it, it can, it's, it says it's going to try to go ahead by to get launched by April first, and well, so that's how to be done. Right, well, that was, that was the speculative part of the podcast. That was all just uh, old talk. None of that could actually be substantiated, so... Please don't sue us. <laughs> or if you know better, email us and tell us. Actually, yeah. okay, well, one other bit of news here was that... Um, yeah, CT had disconnected its SMS to internet... Sorry, its internet to SMS gateway uh, around the time of uh, Emily, well, last year with Emily and so on when they had the uh, cell phone congestion <laughs> situation. Uh, since then, they have, there's, there has been no way of, of sending an SMS via the internet. But it looks like recently, within the past two weeks, um, it's, it's, you're now able to send... Uh, uh, you can go, you know, go on various websites now and send SMS sorry, SMS message to B-Mobile uh, cell phones. Uh, TDMA phones are out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but unfortunately, the email gateway, you know, before it was usually, you, you just usually had to say 868, the cell phone number at tscdmobile.co.tt. 
that, that is still not working though. So there's obviously some different mechanism which I'm not too clear of how they're doing it. So, but at least now we can go to various websites, uh, SMS volume, well, sorry, SMS TT, I always think about SMS volumes. SMS TT. <laughs> well, I mean, dinosaurs. Yeah, this, this is purely yeah. well, it was overseas. Uh, overseas one uh, from uh, Rogers in Canada. Yeah. Uh, which I so again, I'm not, I, I have no idea. I'm not sure how it's being done. I don't know if anybody has any idea of the, how it's being uh, done. But I mean, but did you see that? Sorry. Yeah. If um, SMS and those others can access the gateway through um, just a normal web form. Mm-hmm. I mean, it should be a very large step to hook that into a uh, mail server. I suppose. I guess it's just someone to write it though. Yeah. But, um. Yeah. If the other thing I'm mentioning is that right now, you don't even have to have money on your cell phone to send an SMS to another person. Yes, it is offering a whole set of new services. To well, the, the no, no, they, 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 yeah, they, they, the service they, they, no, the they offer is the, the, uh, the call me back. Yeah, you call your back service. Where if you're out of money, you send a message to somebody to call you back, which um, I can see being used by many, 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 many. <laughs> yeah, I also saw where you can actually, I've uh, gone into a TSCT outlet in UE, and I asked him for a $50 card, and the guy didn't give me a printer. What he did is he went online, went to the net, filled out something, he took my phone number, and then as soon as he clicked send on my phone, there was $50. Oh. So There's a TSCT outlet in UE? Yes. Yes, it's a TSCT outlet. For those of you who don't know, we have become very modern in recent times. There's now a TSCT outlet, a ritual, a subway, a TSCT. You mean the administration has not found money that it was not willing to take? Pretty much, yeah. The administration has sold out, yeah. To the left, to the left. You know? I was just talking about the whole B-Mobile services and you will TSCT is going with all these internet technologies. Now you can actually talk to people from the internet. And, um... They have the whole beam over the like, other TT side. Can, can you beam money to another phone as yet? Um, that would be cool. Because that could be actually, the, the low-tech cell phone we have beam money to another person who has to buy a card, look at the number and SMS it to the next person so they answer that number into your phone. No, actually, you call... Um, uh, yeah, that would be cool. You can like, we have no money, uh, take out $5. 64, mm-hmm. 1, 2, 3, 4, something like that? No. Uh, I, I don't think that is the number, but there is a number that you could call and um, you enter the phone number of your SMS, uh, of the phone number of the cell phone that you want to send the, the, um, the, the money to, mm-hmm. and the PIN number that you got from the um, thing, and will credit that particular phone. I can't remember the number offhand, but I know the number because I use it all the time to put money <laughs> in my parents' cell phones. Cause yeah. yeah, but it, it is... Um, so you need to take it to that logical next step. What's your number? But you see, TSP can also open their whole B-Mobile shop where you can purchase rain tools, you can purchase wallpapers. But I, I haven't purchased any yet because I see everything is so expensive. How much is it? How much is it? How much is it? A rain tool, like a logo, someone's $15. TT. $15 TT. Well, I mean, they do... A wallpaper is 3 TT. Sorry. I really shouldn't laugh, but TST is really trying to find ways of separating people but from no, the money. People are going to buy those things, you know. I mean, yeah, but and I don't know, have people gotten more stupid? No, but here's the thing. No, right? Ring, hold on, hold on. Ring to, I mean, look at ringtones. I mean, people in the States, it's like... Need ringtones? People need ringtones? People want, people seem to want... No, 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 no
Yeah, but people, people, it's it's annoying. Sorry, people, people like it. <laughs> what's good? What? What? Well, not good, but what's what's interesting and what's just kind of cool is that you don't need to go on the internet to purchase these ringtones. You can get internet from your phone right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, you send a text message to six two eight seven saying WAP and the model of your phone. Right. Like my phone is a Motorola E three nine eight, so I say WAP Motorola E three nine eight. I send it to six two eight seven and it sent me back a setting that enters into the internet option of my phone. So like when I go to internet on my phone, I just see this option called the mobile buzz and it loads up the website. The problem I have is I don't know if it's being charged to access that. And two, it's using the web. Is it a, well, when you say the website, you mean you have access to the internet or is it like an internet? It's a, it's a web and it's a... Uh, I, I, no, but you're accessing a B-Mobile internet kind of thing. Was it Actually, actually you're accessing the internet, um, but it's the B-Mobile site, but it's a customized version made for mobile devices. Okay. So, so can you go to like another no. w- another WAP-enabled site? No, I can't. Find your web for Google. That's the thing. I tried entering my website. I tried entering Google in the browser address, and it won't let me go to there. So apparently, it's, it's very... WAP-enabled. Uh, any, any WAP... A WAP-enabled site you went to or a normal website? Well, a normal website. Uh, try a WAP-enabled website. Because I, I know definitely in Canada, uh, where you have WAP-enabled uh, phones, mm-hmm. they wouldn't go to normal websites. How do, you, how do you go to WAP-enabled site? Is it a it's special extension? Google, something like WAP.google.com? Uh, yeah, like uh, WAP-enabled is a special markup language you use. Right. Um, Give it a shot. WPML. Oh, so, but it said like so. Instead of HTTP, you just type something else in front of it. So well, no, it, it would be yeah. same HTTP, but the extension would be okay. would be HTML. It would be something else. Okay. Uh, but it basically, WAP is just a, another markup language made specifically for mobile devices. But why is this needed? What? Why would you need a special markup language? Uh, that was back in the day. When um, you couldn't fit a, a HTML browser on a phone. Well, I think that was in the days of when you had HTML tables. You used yeah, you, you could. Um, layout. And, and, and you couldn't put a, a normal browser on a phone. Google.com slash WML. Yeah, WML. That's the same thing. So, so interesting. So, I mean, so, so TRCD so, is now offering ringtones and wallpaper. Now, has, any, has anyone thought of just simply, you know, using Bluetooth or USB cable to take your images off of your computer and? Well, that's what you normally do. Um, but the thing is, what is what's, what is it about? It's um, the whole copyright thing. Um, these these MP3s that you're pulling out, these ringtones are legal MP3s, are legal ringtones. Um, really? So yeah, these are they're legal. Yeah, they're legal. So if you if you if you want to stand up for them, that's legal. Presumably that's legal. Because apparently it, there is a law in the states that says you can't take your your music file, like and just create and just offer it to people on their mobile phones. That's apparently a copyright violation. No, I you can't take that. your music file and put it on your own iPod. That's also a. Uh, well, hold on. Before we go directly, that question. I do. I understand that point. Yes, you can't. You can't take your ringtone and transmit it to other person. It's like kind of like sampling. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I understand that point. But I mean, if you have your music and you bought, yeah, why well, you can use it as a ringtone? I, I, I don't know the legal ramifications of that. But you see, I'm realizing more and more that copyright and the whole intellectual property law is getting so complex that even our own organizations don't know what's going on. Look at what happened with the um, with the band of the year song, where one organization is saying no, it's not a derivative work because it samples less than eight bars. Then another organization is saying that's 
crap. You know, we doesn't matter if it's eight bars or it's not. You can tell it's someone else's song. You know, it's yeah, a I think that, that as, as well, when it's eight bars or not, you, you have but a creative yeah. cut off where you use somebody else's song because yeah. you are eliminated from the We have reached a point Come where the it's so song. complicated for something as simple as music. Mm-hmm. Something that should be as simple as music that even our own authorities don't know what the law is anymore. You know, we're just taking whatever the world is saying should be the law and we're putting it down as our own rather than saying, hey, what? let's think for a second. What no, is well, really no, a well, fair I, usage? But first of all, we can't, we can't study the laws that will contravene other laws. I mean, we... we, we no, let's be We are a sovereign state. We are allowed to set our own laws. And yeah, not if you sign agreements with other nations. Yeah, we sign agreements with other nations. Well, okay, we... we 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 could set our own laws, but I don't think we could go that far yeah, as I mean, to, to to contravene like stuff like copyright and that type of thing. But you see, you understand? They're making laws. They're making up stuff now. If, if what it laws can be misinterpreted, I mean, I guess that's what courts are for. I guess mm-hmm. I don't see that that big that big a difficulty to understand. If you sample something, you have to get permission from the copyright owner and go out if whatever payment should be made or not. But you see, the problem is not if you sample something; it's defining what is sampling. Because some people are saying, okay, well, yeah, the law looks simple. If you sample something, then you must pay the, the person who is sampling a, a fee. Well, let me but then you decide, what is sampling? I don't know. And how much is sampling? Is it really fair to say that 8 bars is sampling? Shouldn't it be 4 bars? Should it be 15? You know, we don't know. We have the law in there place. Was, there, was, there, was a, there was a case in the United States recently, and I, I really can't remember the full details about it. But I think it's really that once you take any part of a song, um, and and then and I think it means any part. I don't think the duration matters so much anymore. Then it is considered once it's recognizable. Is he, what uh, you is you think? No, actually, what is recognizable? And that's the problem we're having. We're putting laws in place where we don't know what it's saying. Because our law will say, if you sample, you must pay. But our law doesn't say, what is sampling? Because one person is saying it's eight bars, and next person is saying no, it's not eight bars, it's any amount. No, the problem is that the person who said it was eight bars got got bad advice. Yes, that much so. we know. I think so. Yeah. So what is the law? Is something any amount, or is something eight bars? Then, no, with the Trinidad Tobago, like as Scott said, Trinidad Tobago is the signatory to the Berne Convention on Copyrights, copies of which are available online in PDF formats, yeah. and. Based on certain con- these certain convention, that will determine what and what what is and isn't permissible. But what is and is not permissible? That's what I'm asking. Well, it's, any con- it's a big long document. I mean, if you if you sing your statement about the the Monty Python slam, is that considering? Do we have to pay Monty Python no money for for quoting, you know, spam, glorious spam? And the problem, of course, with that is, how did Monty Python get away with using a product name? the way that they did. You see how we're getting into little areas here. And more importantly, why is the unwanted email that we refer to as spam, is that just a nickname? Or, I mean, shouldn't somebody get paid something for... Well, Hormel, actually, if you go on Hormel.com, there's a whole thing on why it was... Thing it was I don't know if it was geeks eat a lot of Hormel TV <laughs> or what, or if they just like to watch Monty Python and because the person didn't want the if you know the, if you remember the sketch the person didn't want tin meat yes that's right and they were, they were only getting tin meat no matter what they wanted they were, they were getting tin meat and they couldn't have without tin meat so basically I guess when the unwanted emails started to come they just decided to take 
So stick it with this name. I'll probably as a, uh, in Joker Mongrel stuff, and just simply stuck. You know. So it's still it's still a slang, and it's not really an official title. Well, so, well, well no, well, by no it's official. It's taken in corporate circles as a word that we know what it is. But at the end of the day, spam is still a brand. It can't meet. Yeah. Uh, our next topic was something came up after the meeting list where mm-hmm. the uh, local tech companies, uh, well, uh, is it's the customer service from local tech companies. There was a discussion on the meeting list uh, sometime, uh, sometime back. Uh, Actually, it was this month. This so, month? Well, yeah. This so month or last month? No, it was this month because every topic I took that I was took, I posted to you all was from between the 1st and the 10th of this month. Okay. Yeah. There's been a lot of messages on the discussion list this month. Yes, yeah, okay. Go you, sh- you should probably promote. Yes, we've set a new record. It's only oh, seven, eleven days in a month, and we have how many? Two hundred. Three hundred plus messages. <laughs> Almost three hundred messages on. Three hundred plus. No, so yeah, two fifty-six, isn't it? All those are custom. Two hundred fifty-six messages. Yeah. We've already passed February, yeah. and we are heading. We are closing in on January. <laughs> So for, but just as a reminder for all those who are probably cussing that right now for the volume of email that's coming from the mailing list, there is still the digest mode for those of us who yeah. you know, can't afford to have email coming in every two minutes. Enjoy that discussion mailing list. You expect discussion, you know, yeah. roll with it, what's going on? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. considering that like one year ago, the number of emails in the inbox were like half, less than half of what we're getting now. You can understand what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I see. Our, rec- our record was what? Three seventy-six in October. Three seventy-six. October two thousand five. Right now we were talking about um, yeah. poor customer service. Yeah. Yes. So what was the trend about? Because I, I met a um, Okay. I mean, basically, the trend started off with with someone promoting this whole new Mac Mini that they're offering, and someone asking for a local price on it. And uh, I that think Mike that was probably me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's also Mike had sent Mike had, I think Mike had sent me some prices that mm. a local vendor from a local yeah. from a local vendor who hasn't paid so we know the name of so um <laughs> yes local vendor if you want to be advertised you must pay us money now <laughs> <laughs> yes but um I think the, the prices I got was probably something close to like a thousand dollars more somewhere around there than the price of the old Mac Mini. And then it went to the whole spread about service and then I, I, I ended up cha- officially changing the to service and then mm. people went into a whole spill about the bad experiences they had with local tech companies and my point was that if you're, if you're competing on, on, on how cheap you can sell a machine, service is obviously the first thing that's going to go out the window. So basically, you can't be surprised that if you buy a machine for $2,500, you're not necessarily going to get the best service if something goes wrong with the machine after. Mm-hmm. I mean, customer service on a whole... It's not really in our blood, is it? No. I mm-hmm. mean, customer, on, on average, it doesn't matter what industry you're in, customer service sucks. <laughs> you know? And, and that's what a lot of people don't realize. I mean, it, it's so, you know, but after you lower your standards, so that <laughs> it drops again. <laughs> it drops... Yeah, you have to ask whether it drops again for IT and computer sales or if it, it just stays at the same level of suckiness that everybody else is at. <laughs> right? So, I mean, I, after a bit, I never had a, a, a major problem with any computer vendor. I, I, I don't think I have any major problems with computer vendor. Well, I mean, I had a motherboard go bad on me, you know, 
Yeah, but never again. We we know what we're doing to some extent. I think so. I think we can kind of listen around before we actually go and spend our money in places. You know, so we don't always just jump at the first vendor we hear with the lowest price. We usually listen a while and say and find out from people how oh, how is the prices, how is the service. And um, yeah, well, we tend to to know the difference yeah. between the cheapest one and the best one for your value. You know, but it's it's a customer service problem related to. The fact that sometimes the consumer doesn't know what exactly what the, you know what, well, he's, what what he's buying. Partly that, partly because I think there's a tendency for customers, and this is a problem with the vendors as well that the the customers have certain expectations of what they buy it. Mm-hmm. Like this computer going to work forever and ever and nothing going to happen to it. Yeah. And then when a virus hit or something like that, the you know, things start the customer and that type of thing. But they have to realize that on their side too, you know They should have stayed away from all those naughty sites that we've downloaded right. those. <laughs> so uh, I mean it, it on one side you have the defender who really should be providing proper customer service and I mean, I would think would want to educate the consumer at some point. But then, you know, you don't want to, they wouldn't want to you know they want to sale, right? Yeah. So they will go after the sale, and what any customer knows that this computer is going to last one day or one year is. So the moral, the moral of the story is: if you want to visit the colourful side of the net, you need a safe computer like a Mac. <laughs> <laughs> well, we come up to that Mac security problems. Yeah, we come to the only Mac security problems: people wanting to steal your power. <laughs> you know what, we, we have, you're talking about well, we never have trouble with any uh, technology solution provider. Look at TSCT. We've had trouble with them for years with their family. No, when, when I say we don't have, tr- it's not that we don't have trouble with it, but, I mean, yeah, you have people who say, well, you know, this is all horrible stuff and never going to buy from them again and that type of thing. And, uh, you know, it, it's like, the expectation that they had is totally different from mm-hmm. the... It's essentially somebody so buying a car and then driving it in the roughest roads and then wondering why is the car giving trouble. Yeah, something like that. I mean, I think customers just, especially when in IT, especially when you're buying a computer, I think customers expect to buy a computer and it will work no matter what you do. And work out of the box, kind of. Yeah, work out of the box. Software, software. That's not an unreasonable expectation. No, that is unreasonable. I'm sorry, but that is an unreasonable expectation. Unless you're buying a Mac. Look, no, your people follow up the first, but look, if you expect a computer running Windows to work, you get a totally different experience, experience right? It's not going to work that way. I will bet you money it's not going to work that way. How yeah. many people have Windows, average users have Windows out of the box? No, that come out of the box that will work. Well, out of the box? No, because remember, you have, you have to, you have, because remember, as a user, you have certain responsibilities with your machine. Right. You have to update your antivirus, right. update your spyware. Please, for God's sake, don't click and on that picture that comes from run whoever that's in, you know, new people. Woo, click. No, don't do that. Enable your file extensions. Yes, enable your sake. file extensions. You know, firewall, if something, 
enable your firewall if something says, you know, this thing is trying to go out and you don't recognize it, say no. Right? Yeah, make it sound so complex just to own a PC. Well, it is complex to own a PC. No, I don't think it's that. <laughs> no, no, I would say it's that, that complex. I mean, no, uh, alright, look. Easier to use how to be safe. So, like a gun, you should have a license to own a gun. So I think people should have a license to use a PC. Yeah, I really no, no, no. I don't think people should have a license. Okay, now, now, but I honestly think that <laughs> for for those of you who are listening in, I did not put them up to this. They're doing something. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no. So you're just buy a Mac and download it. No, even even with a Mac. Well, I'm not saying that even if you move to another platform, you're still going to encounter the same problem. I think yeah. the, the problem is that the consumer. Has to realize that it's not a TV, it's not a radio. Yeah, he has to have certain responsibilities in maintaining what he has, and that it's more like a car than anything else. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's okay, so 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 say someone buying a a video game console. A video game console, you know, nowadays is basically a PC in a box. True. But a video game console is locked. Yeah. Right. You can't install anything you want on a console unless you have unless you really dig. Yeah. Right. You things on a video game console, it does one thing, you put your game in, game plays, game works. Any other features on it are limited to, to what it does, is limited to what it does, and it works. It's an appliance, it's like a screwdriver or a hammer, right? Well, it has a specific awesome. purpose. A computer is not like that. A computer is built specifically to, to, be, mul- to be a multiple to, to be a, type of you know, tool. A multi-purpose machine. Yeah, yeah. and Anything that, that is so that is that open ended, you will have to take the bad with the good. And consumers have to realize that you know So why do Mac people complain about these same problems? What's that? Why don't they? <laughs> <laughs> why don't they or why because do they? No my you I think you <laughs> No I have your Alan and I have a, a disagreement on the simple point. I believe that a computer should be Easy enough no, I believe that a computer should be that. I, I agree with you, but the real, realistically, it is not like that. But my question is people who have had Macs and I have met don't have these problems you're talking about. Well, that is a Windows problem. And Mike will not say why. <laughs> up to now, like he's considering that some sort of Mac user secret, you know, why? Why is it? Do you don't? Do you have all these issues where you have to set up antivirus and you have to set up? Uh, What's a virus? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have to set up updates. We will check him back in five years. <laughs> okay. Okay. Before we get into the Mac side of things, you took you said a couple of things which people who are listening in should probably know about. You spoke about turning on file extensions. How do you do that in Windows? Um, file. <laughs> What you do? Open so the window. You go to oh, oh, Windows Explorer, go to Tools, yeah, yeah. Folder Options. Tools, Folder Options, and View. There you go. Hidden Files and Folders. Show Hidden Files and Folders. Right. And if you see anything that is EXE, COM, whatever, don't click on it. No. no is if, if you download it. No, okay. But you, you, the thing is, though, I, I mean, we, people. Know, I mean, I suppose the tech savvy know what file extensions are. Yeah, that's that kind, of, yeah. kind of stuff. Well, that's, that's what I'm no, saying. No, the thing is, but the thing is, to a, to a person who's buying, to a family or a person buying computers for the first time, should they need to know all of this? Yes, yes. they should. <laughs> if I were to buy a car, right? <laughs> I don't. Well, better know I that I, I don't replace oil every so often. 
I didn't know to replace brake fluid every so often, and I hadn't know that I had to put gas yeah, every so often. Otherwise, I will be on the road. All right, but hold on. For those same people who buy a car, they don't need to know how expensive. They don't need to understand how the engine works. They need to understand no, the carburetor. But they, no, but, but they, 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 they need to know how to turn it on, how to turn it off, and what not to run it into. And and, <laughs> and, and every so often, go, go by the gas station. So stop with gas, and every three or six months. Mm-hmm. Carried by somebody who knows what they're so doing. So that basically, you're saying all service providers, the people that we're complaining about, they don't, they don't tell us these things. That's why we end up with well, all the problems. Well, I have service providers who, who, who basically sell you the computer as is, without informing you of the issues that, that you're going That's unfortunate from. because, I mean, they, they are missing a chance for income because they could sell a, sell a computer to a person maybe at, say, a, a couple hundred dollars more and say, okay, in six months' time, we need you to bring the computer back. I know what happens then. I know what happens then. My partner don't sell it for $200 less later. And then I, I have this cousin who, 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 who could build a machine. Who could build a machine. And this is a normal computer and thing, right? So he could, he could fix mine. And that's, that's what the big policy. I mean, I even, I found this with my family all the time. They are so what you do with your life. You say at university you're doing a degree in computer science. Hey, I have a computer, so I'm not working. Come fix it. They don't understand <laughs> the fact that just because you don't have some vet to do brain surgery, you know, just because they're different areas, and you know, like the mechanic might fix the engine, and the, and the, 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 the electrician might fix the electric, electrical parts of your car. In computer technology, there are programmers, which deal, who deal with software, and then there are hardware vendors and hardware technicians who can fix hardware, and then the web. Designers who build websites, there are different aspects, so not, you know. Somebody you say you have a cousin who do in computers, don't mean they could fix computers. So. No, but I mean, the simplest thing to do with, with anyone with any Windows machine with who somebody says I'm having problems with my Windows machine is to first ask, do you have the Windows installed? Just get the answer is yes. Insert, insert, <laughs> reboot, wipe the drive, reinstall. <laughs> Problems fixed. Actually, actually, I, I had a discussion with that on another list, and. You know what's the sad thing about it? it takes Windows has become so frustrating to maintain that anytime you take more than let's say 15 minutes to fix a problem, better to just wipe it. The easiest solution is simply pulling it off, wipe, reinstall. Yes. And that sucks because if that was so, let me give you an example. If you hang a knocking noise in your car and you can fix it in 15 minutes, would you pull out the engine, throw it out, and put in a new engine? Yeah, but then again, you're not talking about a fix. For a $20,000 US car as opposed to say... That's $1,000 PC. That's $1,000 PC, whatever. It's easier to disassemble, it's easier that way. I mean, you, you probably could fix it up. You probably could spend the next 20 minutes, 30 minutes... No, actually, you know what the problem is there? Yeah. Once you go beyond the wizards, Windows is initially difficult to troubleshoot. I Hardware problems are usually I'm talking about software. I'm talking specifically about software. Once you move beyond those with those convenient results that make things so easy, Windows is probably the most user unfriendly thing in the market. If Linux crashes, you get a kernel panic. You get messages that say, well, okay, that's weird. But usually when Linux crashes, once it's been running, 99% of the time it's hardware. But I would say do with Linux. I mean, Linux brings its own set of complexities. Yeah, complexities. No, one thing that I think Windows should have yeah. that Linux has is package management. As, uh, the equivalent to AppGet and Synaptic, where you have this interface mm-hmm. where you select, I want to download Firefox. 
download, installs everything in the Auto background. Package. Run. Automatic package, run, and doesn't allow you to install anything out of that package manager. I think that would solve so many problems if Windows had that. Because I, I would say that, that, well, I mean, yeah, but then at the same point, that would probably limit your choice. Yes. Like <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that's not a bad thing. Because no, 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 no. Listen to what I say. You, you want to limit the choice to people who don't know what they're doing. Eventually, when you get more comfortable installing software and you understand the consequences of installing software, that you know spyware and that type of thing, so that you you don't end up with bonsai buddy and and that type of thing on your machine, <laughs> then you could go to download your, your, your stuff and install it, right? Mm-hmm. But for people who knew to it, who want to download and install stuff. Well, no, well, you see, the, the real for, to, to me, the real thing is to, what should be done is you, you run as a limited user and in Windows XP. Yeah, but some programs need full access. Well, that's because they're poorly written. Yes. All of those programs that people are insisting, well, there are more programs written for Windows than there are for other, app, uh, other platforms. And like, yeah. yeah, but there are more well-written programs for other platforms than there are for Windows. Because of the same problem where you know, people don't follow a convention. Other, like for Linux and for Mac, there is a convention for, for writing write, programs. Yeah. There is an interface, there are guidelines. Windows is just too many ways of doing things that cause well, so many bugs to appear. So, yes, in a uh, way, yes, yes, in a way it's I mean, not able I mean, to have all these options, it's actually disabling. I, I understand that. Well, yes, I agree. I agree and understand that because, yes, because I mean, I've encountered the same problem as well. But once you run as a limited user, your, your chances of getting infected, uh, of getting into problems, are, are much much, much less. True. Granted that the user understands the concept of limited user and root user. But I mean, but you see, I don't, again, how, how often, I don't know, maybe, maybe see, that's the thing. I guess you really have to really... But don't forget, XP right out of the box, you're, you are you are God to that computer. You you can do anything you want. Correct. It's not a limited well, user. Well, yes, precisely because, well, because... Isn't that the same here on Mac OS X? No. You do not, you do not log in as root. You, log, you, you can be an administrator, but if whenever you're about to fiddle with anything that involves the system, it keeps throwing up uh, password requests, and there's a little disclosure triangle you, you click on, and it will actually tell you the program that's requesting it. So you can monitor what's going on. Problem with Windows 98, I mean, there's no real way of really securing that. I mean, you are, you are running as God, uh, 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 God mode, as they say, where you can delete files on Windows directory easily without any, without any issue. When there's like speed, though, I mean, once you have the limited user accounts, and you, you know all your data is properly is properly stored, and you have your own profile, and you know you have your access to your data, no one else does, and so on. Well, yeah, true. But then you know, I think it could be that maybe, like, but going back to this thing about customer service and the expectations, maybe the thing is is that, uh, well, unfortunately, it's a kind of catch twenty two. I think customers will have to find discomfort themselves, the problem, the issues, the problems. Well, oh, yeah, then, uh, is that what TCS for? <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, would you, I mean... <laughs> no, not free technical support. <laughs> <laughs> listening, no free technical support. <laughs> but, but at least to educate people on the issues yeah. of, of owning it. But then the vendor would say, is it my responsibility to educate you on what you're buying, or should well, you be yeah. educated so already? Because it goes back to buy everywhere. You know, when, a buyer, when you come to buy something, it's, it's your responsibility to be aware of all the facts when it comes to buying my product. 
Yeah, like I don't have to advertise everything to you. Well, it, it may not be uh, a requirement, but I mean, it's good business to. Well, don't forget, that's the whole problem. We don't have good business practices to trim that. Well, you see, but I don't think, in a way, I don't think you can also argue that most customers don't respect good business practices anyway. They take it. It's, you could say it's almost taken advantage of. Well, okay, I'll offer a, a, a twist on what we're talking about here. We're saying that companies don't give good customer service to certain individuals through the customer support aspect. Yeah. I'm saying that they will give good customer support, but only to certain customers. Yeah. And those customers are the ones who purchase big amounts of, of equipment or, or services oh, and, spend on, yeah. spend, spend, and spend a lot of cash. No, it's, it's, it can also be just simply based on your relationship with the dealer. Because, I mean, there, there are times that, I mean, I know that I've dealt with stores in which I, nobody that I deal with can I possibly buy big. And just simply because some of those stores know that when, I'm, when they're dealing with me, you know, I'm not... not yes, yes, I'm not. I'm, well, yeah, and I, will, can, I can tell if they are. And, and generally, after dealing with them a few times, you, you, you develop a, a working relationship with them that when you, you can call them and say, look, I'm having problems with X, Y, and Z. What do you guys normally do? How do you... Know? And they will, they will sometimes give you help with it. But that is still, you know, sort of interpersonal skills more than anything else. And that's your problem, Trina, because a lot of times you, like, for example, going back to the whole TSCD customer support with the internet issue, you know, they don't, they lack people's the skills. What now? I don't know what they call them, but when I used to have TSCD internet, um, and even up to recently, I had people tell me that they had trouble, the person would call and they would be, frankly, quite rude. And um, this is probably, well, I don't know about recently, but when I was there, when I was a customer of theirs, I would call and they would be basically trying to convince me that I did something wrong. Well, but, you know, or they would be rather short with on me. The, on the other hand, um, our good friends at Green Dot, occasionally when you call and you, you when I was at one of their customers, if I, get, if I would get the technicians, I would be fine. Because yeah. we, we, talk, we talk at a technical level, we can solve the problem. But there were times... Um, when you call after hours and you get someone who is trying very hard to be helpful but isn't a technical person and that is infuriating sometimes. No, I've had that problem as well. Usually I just tell them, you know, you know uh, they've realized um, that error and I think they've trained them in such a way that right now if they realize they're talking with someone who's, who's a little a technical person. and they're missing out, they'll say, okay, here what, let me take your number, I'm going to call, I'm going to call a technician and I'll have them get on to you right away. Which might seem like a cop-out, but the thing is that the technicians do call. And which I think is a better response than trying to... Right. To, to, to be how, way through yeah. Yeah. How, long is, how long has the time frame been? Well, if it's after hours, it usually takes about half an hour. But if it's during hours, it's like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. I haven't had to call them in a while. Because um, I haven't had any major issues with them since December. Yeah. Okay. And they finally got my service right. And since then, the one time that I got a problem with, they called every day, on the hour trying to get this thing sorted out. It took three days to get it fixed. But the thing is, it, it, got a, it, got, it turned out to be some sort of spyware issue with me. Uh, because I have a little brother and a little niece who use my Windows machines. machines. Who like to use my Windows machines and like to use IE. So, you know, I didn't realize at the time that they were using my machines. Um, so that, oh, that keep cack. Hmm? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. That, that was it exactly. <laughs> And for those of you non non tech people listening in, 
it means problem exists between keyboard and chair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Which is exactly where all of us are sitting right now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, but, so but in, in your case, right, if you were the technical person, right, if, if you were the, the techie that you are, and you were just a normal everyday user, and then, then that, something like that happens to you, and the computer stop working and that type of thing because you have a bunch of spyware on it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, at that point, I mean, well, what... Well, you have to understand, I am on uh, Green Dot over several services. They have their protected firewall subnet, yeah. which usually blocks all these little spywares from going KY on you. Yeah. And then they have their open access network where everything is open. Okay. No, well, 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 I so, think you know, you have to be first on the open access network for this problem to occur with you, which most people don't choose to be on. Okay. But because I tend to experiment with my internet connection a lot, I tell them, put me, I don't want any firewall at all. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I, I know they have their, their protected network. I haven't used it. Um, but they have their protected network. And their customer service is usually pretty good. Okay. Because they, they know what questions to ask. It's just because I, I know what they're going to ask. When I call the customer service, it's usually after having gone through the first five steps. Okay, that so, it's totally so, so if you are a non technical person, they would have still been able to yes, diagnose. Yes, they know what to do, they know how to go through, they know okay. how to diagnose the problem, and they know at which point to disembark from their support, uh, technician support. Okay. Yeah. Because the majority of times they, they do know what they're doing. It's just sometimes I'm telling them things and I'm telling them why it can be what they're suggesting and they're not quite catching me because I'm a technical user and they're not quite as technical. Yeah. And that's the point. I think they realize that they're making a mistake with me on and that's why they tend to push me on to their technicians more now. So their service is improving. I wouldn't give them 100% two thumbs up right away because I don't want to get bitten like the last time uh, <laughs> <laughs> if their service goes down but you know their, their service is improving but actually Green Dot has um, been mentioned in the newspapers recently um, mm-hmm. they well, first of all they're really they're, I guess more or less formally launched in a sense that they now have their website up which lists all their packages uh, I think Digicel is now using uh, the Digicel retail outlets yeah, are, using are using them as their internet preferred internet service provider well, now, the yeah, retail outlets are not, are not necessarily Digicel owned. They might be private people who have purchased Digicel um, concern, um, concessions. concessions and have set enough shops to sell mobile phones on the Digicel is, brand. Is there a technical reason for this or is it just a basis of, well, we don't want to use KST? I think it's because one we of the principal ads, right? Because you don't want to be competing mm-hmm. with, with, with your main competitor to be your only ISP. And two, it's probably from the whole concept of corporate espionage. You know, suppose PSCP sets a packet in the phone network and yeah, well, sets the data over the network. Honesty, yeah. honesty is, a simple, is, is, not, is even as simple as that. PSCP is not to be trusted under any circumstances, <laughs> especially if you're an explicit competitor of them as digital. I this is your opinion, right? <laughs> 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 huh? Oh yeah, we're jumping green dot because people asked on the list yeah. Yeah. green dot was uh, better yeah. now. And I can say, yes, they're better now than they were in December. And between... October and December when I was really, really angry with them. But um, I won't give them two thumbs up yet because I'm reserving judgment until they have perfect service for these days. Well, well, perfect service? What does perfect service mean? <laughs> 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 As in, I don't have a more than once a month for anything. No, my perfect service is okay. If I call you once for the month and that one call takes less than a day to resolve, 
That's perfect service to me. Okay, well, I was wow, you got no standards. I mean, I'm worth. As far as I'm concerned, if I never have to call for you, call for you, that's perfect service. Yeah, that's perfect service. Yeah, that's if I never have to no. talk to anybody at my company, you might have a fixed snappy foot. Remember, I I constantly play wrong, so I may do something that may have caused some some sort of effect. Ah. So that's why I say once a month. Self-inflicted problems. The thing is, most of the time, I don't self-inflict any problems. It's just something happened that I wasn't aware of. Like, for example, I have a lot of. Um, Here's what. No, move, really. move to Port of Spain and, and get hooked up with Columbus. What's he speaking? No. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that small here in Portland, Port of Spain. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't <laughs> a principal as far yeah, as yeah, yeah, yeah. well, I don't think I yeah, yeah. had to call TSDC said, hey, I have to say, no comments from the manager. <laughs> so, yeah, yes, uh, come on, I'll at, back me up on it. At, at the expense of something like a TSDC show. I'm going to have a big. I'm so loud. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> I'm clearly willing to sell out. We not, if you hear me. You're not having a personal first. Anyone selling out is going to be interesting. I am very willing to sell out. You know, I accept all manner of cash. No, but I mean, I never have a major problem. With so, folks, if you hear, ever hear him say that Microsoft is the best you know, <laughs> software company in the world, walking around with a Microsoft T-shirt, driving a new car, you know what happened there. <laughs> But seriously, TSCT has improved, the DSL is... No, I know. I know. What area do you live in, though? Because I have friends who live in... Okay, what I will say is that... Oh, oh, this is going to sound TSCT bashing again. Oh, we've been doing a whole episode. Go ahead. The quality quality of their dial-up has dropped significantly. Well, I've never been a TSCT dial-up customer. Okay, so consider yourself fortunate. All right. All I'm saying from a, from a perspective of the DSL, at least for business, although I find it's a lot of money, I mean, I have not had any significant problems. That's yeah. what you guys are actually surfing with right now. Yeah. Well, yeah. my problem with... Well, that's why it's go so slow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's, here's the thing, right? And no, I, this is what I want to know from people who um, buy business packages, not just from TSCT, but from the other ISPs. Yeah. What advantage does paying the extra money get That's you? a good question. I, I, because I, I would like to okay. think that... When things go wrong, you get somebody at the other end of the telephone to talk to you. That's very painful. Okay. That's very painful. Well, I, I don't... Need to pay for that. I mean, I'd it's called the whole high flows. Yeah, uh, but, but if you pay money like that, when you say jump, they will ask no, you how high. If I pay, if I pay three times as much, I don't want to know that stuff going to go wrong and I can call you. I want to know that I have a um, ah, quality but, of service. But, but I guess it comes back down to the same issue about guarding uh, com- when you're buying computers. Is it if you know by spending more you get better service, more guaranteed? Well, yeah, I don't mind spending more if I have guaranteed service, mm-hmm. you know, and when I say guaranteed service, I don't mean, well, every week it crashes or somebody could be there to answer the phone. That is not guaranteed service. Well, guaranteed yeah, service like if you, like it like does if not you're crash. Mm-hmm. You mean like if, you're, if, if your laptop screen breaks three times and you change it, that's not really good service, even if they change it. Yeah, but why is your laptop screen breaking? <laughs> three that's times. That's exactly why it does. You know, funny how you happen to know which company I was talking about. <laughs> Well, you see what brand laptop I'm using? Not that. Yeah, but I mean, that's... <laughs> 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 but that 
is the lavish juice from the only from the only man using a dial here. <laughs> Not for Just a quick poll. What brand computers is in front of you? Uh, Mike is using a Mac. Obviously. Uh, Dev, I'm not seeing your PC because you're wireless. What, it's what behind you. you. Yeah. It's a home build. It's a home, home build. build. <laughs> um, Colin, what are you on? Toshiba. Uh, Asus, right. build your own Asus. Uh, build your own Asus. Sorry, Richard, what are you using? The company laptop. <laughs> company laptop. <laughs> company laptop. Company laptop. I'm using an HP. <laughs> so, hmm. my, my personal laptop is a Toshiba, which is very old and very slow now, so I don't put it on as much as I used to. Right? But it still works. Toshiba, great laptop. So do brands make a difference in Trinidad or are we just... Because yes, we all seem to have... We're all very knowledgeable fellows in terms of the computer realm. But we're all using very different brands of computers and laptops right now. Honestly, for certain things... For less than... Less, less important than you think for a lot of things, but for certain things, yes. Um, Apple, people people complain about Macistas, but they've got to be a reason why people are so fanatical about the things. Right. And it's probably a combination of hardware and software. You know? And you won't know until you start using it. <laughs> yeah, <don't you>? Yes, <laughs> uh, so I could. Well, two probably I've been looking at the Macs for a while, oh, about yeah. six months now, and I've realized the thing with Mac is that they just know what they want to do, and they somehow, because Apple has a good, um, they don't sacrifice in terms of their interface. They do a lot of research into their interface. So even though they have it, maybe on power. So does Microsoft. Yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, Mac users get a Mac. Mac designers get it right. Look at things like the stuff like the Mac. Stuff on the new. The new. Yeah, from somebody who's using an HP. Yeah. No, well, I. Somebody look at the guy who did Mac. It has stuff like the Mac and stuff. Yeah. No, well, I I do a lot of development, so. My, the companies I do development for don't run Mac servers, they run mm-hmm. Windows servers. Now, oh, when you say development, like what kind of development? Well, if it's web development, I, I would say the Mac is just as good, if not greater. In terms of, because number it's not yeah, well, based uh, on yeah, PSD, but you have if they're running a Windows server, right. they're using ASP and IIS. Okay, well then. So no, that's no. when I have to use a Windows machine. The, the thing with Windows machines is, is that I can run Linux on it, I can then throw VMware on it and, throw and run Windows on it. Because of my need to sit in development and because of my client base, that's why I have to use a PC. Mm-hmm. Personally, I would love to use a Mac. So why? Uh, if you had a, if you had a, to tell a new, uh, you know, this, you, we had a, we heard here before, <laughs> two people who both, you know, who buy computers, don't know much about computers, buying a Windows PC. You would think they should buy a Mac instead? If they play Yeah, I think yes. they yeah, If they play yeah. PC, definitely. PC? Yeah, if they play full time on computers, full time on computers. No, many can buy They are totally new to computers. Buy a Mac. Well, computers, like, they know nothing about them. We, uh, we want, I heard about this internet thing, I want to get on it. Buy a Mac. Yes, no. <laughs> buy a Mac. Mac. Definitely buy a Mac. Buy a Mac. Just because it works. It, it, it's the closest to my whole concept of when you buy something, it should just work. And mm. it's right. PCs don't work right out of the box. Macs come closest to it. I mean, Never mind the first two times I used the Mac, I crashed it. But for most users, you know, only you could do that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was that Express OS too. Uh, so I was like, what? <laughs> they were using their, their Corel software. They're not the Corel. Some sort of quick, quark Express. Okay. Yeah, so... Okay. Um, but for normal users, I mean, the Mac comes closest that it just works. And it's intuitive enough to say that you can just throw a person on it, show them two things and... They can go ahead. Python. That is what we love to hit. What, ex- how does Windows um, Vista compare? Well, I, I think... Uh, Have well, you seen it? Uh, well, I, I haven't seen it. it. I've read a lot about it, but it, um, 
Hopefully I've seen it. it. Oh, okay. I've seen it. It looks like... Well... I don't know. It, it's very, very... I have to say, very, very pretty. <laughs> it, it looks good. I haven't used it in print. I mean, I just demoed it at a booth, so... Right. I never really went through it. I mean, the interface looks nice. It has all the... Pretty transitions. Now, the real... No. <laughs> the, real, the real acid test would be if we can get our hands on two computers... Uh, land computers and uh, with, with Microsoft's permission actually install Windows Vista on the hardware and attempt to do a small network with them. I mean, I would like to see how that works. I mean, I'd, I'd just, just to see how easy it is to, to set up and run. Yeah. Because, I mean, uh, Microsoft has been touting this for, for well, since well. Apple was running 10.3. They were saying, oh, Vista's coming out, Vista's coming out. And it never arrived. Actually, since 10.2, really, because they, f- they started talking about it when they called it Longhorn, I think, was it? Yeah. And um, it just hasn't arrived as yet. It's got a, I think the, the ship date is towards the end of this year. Uh, the, 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 what they call a community technical preview, the CTP version. Is, I mean, I think they've locked the features mm. that are going to be in it. They're not going to add any more new features in it. So it's now just going to be bug fixing and improving performance. So in fact, uh, we probably should try to get a, try to get a good look at, at Vista. And we might, might have a tech meeting on it very soon. Ah. Yeah, so. Yeah. Is it really deserving of all of that? Well, it's got to be the, hold on, I, I'll say yes, because, of, if, because potentially Vista is going to be like how, uh, XP was XP right now. Well, no, I mean, Vista is to XP that XP was to 98? Yeah, because 98, I mean, 98 you mean, was... was you, you, mean, you mean people's scanner drivers will start crashing their machines and... <laughs> and <laughs> from a hardware, oh no, from an operating system perspective, you know, it's going to be six bit computing as well, you know, so that's, ne- that's the next step, you know, because it'll be available in both 64-bit versions and 32-bit versions. Uh, but no, really, it but is... But doesn't actually have a, a 64-bit version already as well? Already, yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, no, let me rephrase that, huh? It has limited driver support. That's right. So mm. Yes, but does the, the Mr. Ultimate Edition come with a Bill Gates action figure? <laughs> well, <laughs> that, 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 that is going to be the confusing. Rip. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll for your money. Because, well, I just was listening. I mean, it's uh, Microsoft has announced there's going to be six versions of, of, of Windows Vista. Uh, there's Windows Start Edition, uh, Windows Home Basic, uh, let's see, Windows Home Basic, Windows Home Premium, Windows Vista Business, Windows Vista Enterprise, and Windows Vista Ultimate. Okay, so folks, now is not a good time to be a tech support person, okay? <laughs> well, what version of Vista you're running? Uh, Microsoft. <laughs> 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 I running Microsoft, Microsoft Office would. <laughs> version 18. That's the thing. When you ask people before when they had all these versions of Windows all day, what version of Windows are you running? Uh, it's a Dell. Mm-hmm. You know, it exactly right. Isn't Microsoft <laughs> is opening itself, opening well? It's opening a more. That's well, all well, that's technical. Well, why? But look, well, 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 Why does Microsoft get Microsoft gets people to pay out of their own pocket to learn how to use their crappy software? <laughs> that, and there's much really to anything else. That's a debate beta testing for Microsoft. And to do beta testing for. <laughs> So but hold on. But I mean, if you if you look at what's what's all these different versions are, I mean, it's n- not that different to what what's happening now, in a sense. Right? If you look at the Windows XP family alone, 
Right, you have you have the tablet PC edition, you have media center edition, you have the whole, yeah, you have the professional. There's like four. So uh, and you have a 64 bit professional. What a 64 bit professional. Well, that's the But that's me. That's what I'm talking about. You've got three advanced servers, you've got the stuff in three, and you've got. Uh, one or two copies of Windows 98 so but I don't think Vista, Vista comes in any, any server and I know of at least one company in Toronto that has Windows 95 servers still working there you go yes right. yes yes that's true and then they complain about how Linux has so many incompatible versions well I'd say you question as to whether, whether it's important to, to make this much of a fuss about it um, yeah it is because whether you like it or not it's going to end up on people's desktops. Regardless. And um, so, mean, for, for two reasons. One, we should, we should see the nightmare as it's coming up, or else, <laughs> <laughs> or else just have a good laugh at it when it doesn't work properly. I don't know. I, I, well, one thing I would be interested in is whether um, we would, they would make available the start edition and, and try that to be. I don't And are people to spend big money for them? Well, yeah, I mean, sure. the start edition to me is a, well, as, as somebody pointed out, it's a non-starter. I mean, <laughs> you can only run three applications. You're limited to 256 megs of RAM. Actually, that, that sounds like a very good thing to do because what you can do is set... Is set well, not no, in Windows. No, listen, I mean, listen, you, you set, you set the, the software to start um, Outlook, Internet Explorer, and Word to run immediately. Then that means there's no space for viruses to run. No, but I mean, it, it wouldn't even boot because by the time the three services for the spyware, it will Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I said, you're done. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, and it's become at a lower resolution. Yeah, I think it's uh, 800 by 600. Yeah, yeah, it can't go higher. So the starter edition is, is basically like a, a cut-down version of Windows 95. Pretty much, yeah. Well, well and, uh, my theory is they find, a wi- they find like a warehouse for them Windows 95 CDs. <laughs> 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 and they have to figure out a way to move them, so somebody... Well, no, I think, oh, hold on, I think the start edition is based on XP. Yeah, it, it is, is based, based on XP. XP. But the, the thing about it is, I think the start edition is made for... It, it's for the, the, the starter market, for people who can't afford um, the, the, the full versions of Windows. It's, it's poor people vision of... To me, oh, okay. yeah, but I say they're gonna flood the, the the market in Asia and they will start edition mm-hmm. uh, to try to, to at least see they have something there to compete with the pirate versions. To me, the best thing should just be just in two versions. Like okay, to me, the home of professional it kind of makes sense, you know. Um, so yeah, you should have just a Vista home and which has all the tablet PC functionality and you know put that in because okay, don't you want don't you want people to buy tablet PCs and use this one for wonderful technology? I mean, <laughs> why, make, why, not why, just simply, why not just simply have an OS that when you install it, when you install it, will figure out what the machine needs and adapt accordingly, so that you don't need six or seven or eight or ten. Wait, you mean versions. like um, Linux? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like a live CD type thing. There you go. <laughs> well, it'll be interesting to see what it is. Oh well, yeah, I mean, yeah, see. Yeah. What it is. And the, the thing is the value of the pricing because we don't know what the pricing is all either. So, because I mean, in if the Windows Vista Ultimate, which is, I guess, I guess people will naturally want, you know, the ultimate. Will be the most expensive one. Most likely, uh, maybe I don't know. We don't know. Yeah. Just the word ultimate suggests that it's likely so to be the ultimate experience and losing your money. Well, what just he says, says this has everything in it. From Vista, anybody ever tried the whole Windows Live services that they're offering now? 
I tried a few of them. Um, what are they? Well, yes, uh, Windows Live Mail. There, well, Windows Defender is part of um, the whole. What is it they call it? Security center, some sort of yeah. security center. They call it live security center. There's Windows Live Messenger. Basically, Windows is offering a whole set of new web-enabled services. They're calling uh, the Windows Live set suite of products. Uh, a lot these, of are, them these are free, right? Uh, some of them now. They're beta testing. They're beta testing all of them, and it's free to beta test a few of them. So right now, I'm signed up with Windows Live Mail, which is uh, similar to Gmail, and that it's uh, Ajax. Ajax based. Uh, Ajax being, you know, dynamic web pages, very, very dynamic web page interface. And how much doesn't work in Firefox so well for all the features, but it was what a surprise. Yeah. Um, well, it, only, it only works in IE, right? Yeah, it works in hundred percent. So, the office part of it definitely only works. In yeah. IE. You're, you're using IE six or IE seven? Um, I used IE six on it, and then I then made the two of IE seven. Well, you should go to IE seven dot com and yes, <laughs> you should check out IE seven dot com. Actually, yes, we all recommend it. Everyone checks IE seven dot com. Yes, yes, yes. To have a good idea of what IE seven might look like. Perhaps. <laughs> yeah. Well, I used it with IE seven basically. Both worked well with both. Um, basically, Microsoft's whole strategy seems to be incorporating the desktop applications with a lot of web technologies. So like, I think the whole next version of Office that's supposed to come out is supposed to follow Office Live. I think they're 12 now, yeah. Well, we'll start next year. How much space, do you, how much, uh, what's the size of your mailbox for, for... The same two gigabytes as Gmail with uh, Windows Live Mail. Um, would you trust Microsoft with your mail? Well, well, a lot of people, people, people right trust Google with right? their mail. Well, hold on. A lot of people trust Hotmail with their mail. That's sad to say. Well, is, is actually the next upgrade for Hotmail, the Windows Live Mail, is the access to yeah, Hotmail account. Alright. Is it a difference between oh, I don't trusting, trust. trusting Google with your mail and trusting yeah. Microsoft? Or, or even Yahoo, for that matter. There was a story about a guy who lost everything in Gmail because they deleted his account or something like that. Right. Right? And everybody is all up in arms about, well, you can't trust email and that type of thing, Gmail and that type of thing. Because he lost everything he had. Right. Why did he have everything he had on Gmail? Well, because of that. Any reason why? True, but I mean, yeah, you have a free service, which basically says we have absolutely no... Um, no budget to work with. Well, no, um, no, 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 no. I mean, it's, it's the same thing with you, when you use any piece of software. You have no guarantees. Well, yeah, that's true. So why, why, I mean, why are people all up in arms about about the the webmail thing when you know you sign up, you know, and you have no guarantees with this? It's the same. Thing. But it's the same thing when you use any t- email program on your computer. I mean, there's no guarantees. I'm sure there's no. If you lose your old email and that was because it gets that's corrupted. That's Microsoft contract. You know, I mean. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it. There's like, but no, but I mean, I, I, it's no, not. The difference it's, is. When you store it on your local machine, yes, you're responsible. You're, don't snoop on your local machine unless you give them access. So if you're running, well, I don't think the, the, the idea really is snooping, but more the, the, the yeah, responsibility. The responsibility is that it's, it's stored on servers that are not your own. Yeah. And because it's stored on servers that are not your own, then people can do things with it that you don't know about. Well, you can, no, not necessarily. I mean, no, but you see, I mean, information is, when you, once you share information with, with I mean, that's the idea websites and all that kind of stuff, you, you know. Once you've shared your information, you make it more valuable. People can see it and make judgments and could, could buy it, whatever, contact you, kind of thing. Increasingly, more and more, I think we're going we're gonna to be a situation where you'll be, you will be storing all the data online. You know, Guaranteed, but the question is who you're going to store your data with. Personally, I mean, I, I purchase, if I am doing business, I will purchase a website. 
Al Kuchis and Al have an agreement with uh, an ISP. And they have, and they have, they have, they have websites that do it, Strong Space, for yeah. example, yeah, you know, Secure FTP. Exactly. Yeah. And I would make sure that in my agreement with this ISP, it says that you cannot index my data, you cannot access my email and data, that is a violation punishable by law, you know, to do that. Mm-hmm. With Gmail and with Yahoo Mail and with Hotmail, I don't think there are such provisions. I say write everything though. That's right. That's the only way you could. Well, then again, when you have a fire. <laughs> no, but I mean, the, the thing is, like, if you trust in third party services like Windows Live and, and Google, Google and yeah. Yahoo and that type of thing. Yeah, like, like, they have problems now. Yeah, yeah, Mac's a problem. They have a virus. What's that? I heard that a Mac, um, you know, uh, a Mac was compromised, what, 30 minutes or something? Like 30 minutes? Yeah. I, I hear there's a hole, a hole, a big hole. <laughs> Only in your pocket after you buy one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I think, I think if you follow the links that were on the, on the website, you find out that that article was... Poorly conceived. Yeah, not exactly properly written. Well... I like for Macs because I don't really own one and I don't really join an email list. Uh, I usually go to MacRumors.com. Okay. And actually, it's one of the front page articles right now. That um, it was. It was one of their front page articles on February 16th. Wow, that's a really right. old article. Yes. Um, basically, that uh, person that person was 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 given an account on the yeah. on that computer. Yeah. Which is not normally what you would do to your your neighborhood hacker. Oh, you're talking about the hack. I'm talking about the virus. Oh, the virus. No. Okay. The virus is basically, um, I'm just quoting from the website here. Uh, basically, there was a file called, well, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. There's a file called latestfix.tgz. Now, tgz is a normal Unix compression extension. Um, basically, the file, they compressed it into what looked like a JPEG icon on Mac OS X. Um, when we were, in reality, it was really an executable file on Unix. And um, basically, they weren't sure exactly what it did. They just knew that it wasn't a picture. It was an executable okay, file. So, so what you're telling is you, the, the person has to download the file, they have to decompress it, and they have to run it, whereupon OS X will ask you for a password. If it's, if it's, a, if it's, if it's anything to do with the system, the OS X is going to, going to ask you for the password. Well, do you want to download your file and see what happens? <laughs> <laughs> you see, Mike is smart. Mike is not to do that. <laughs> No, well, let's just go on. Um, we, can, we can worry about that after we've recorded the podcast and we've edited it. Mm. Well, basically, it's how the virus, this is how the virus would. It would um, the, the, the program would use Spotlight, which is a, a search feature on, on a Mac OS X, right. to find other applications on the infected machine, and subsequently insert a stub of code into each application executable. So basically, once you ran this program once, it infected every other program that you had already given permissions to execute as well. Um, so it sounds very much like the, the, the OS9 viruses that we used to have. Yeah. Actually, okay. well, if you look at it, you know, this but it's from the text website, um, it will arrive on a computer as an attachment. Mm-hmm. This is a security response that simontech.com you're watching. Yeah. Okay. So, so, you know, like if you're chatting with somebody and, you know, it, it becomes an attachment, mm-hmm. latest fix, and, yeah, as you said, latest fix.gz. Okay. So you know, it, when you, so you you you, you save the TGZ file, and again, you open it, and what it, it it appears that it looks like a JPEG icon. It's similar to like what happens on a on Windows. Okay. So this this is only this this is only going to happen if 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 the person's got so if the their extensions ex- turned off. Well, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Well, if the person's got what extensions turned off on the Mac. 
I'm not sure. I'm not sure because no, extensions are showing on the first one. Remember, in Unix, you don't have to have an extension to for it to be executable. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So you know, it's just a, it, it, it uses that JPEG icon. So when you execute it, you're thinking of the JPEG, and you click on it. Okay. It looks, it looks from the from the from the web page. It looks as though it it literally just runs the program. Yeah. And then logs out the terminal, and it creates several files. So yeah, I mean, to me, it is, it is a concept of a mm. of a virus in a sense. Well, the thing is, they were trying to classify what is it exactly, because um, you know there are different types of viruses. They are mm-hmm. pure viruses, which just malicious to delete ah. everything. Look at, look, so at, look, at five. look at number five. Use yeah. the spotlight to search for the four most recently used application smarts, which do not require root permissions. Mm-hmm. That's the only way they can get past the, the password problem. So, what does it do besides infecting other programs? Well, okay. According to the website, it, um, it basically it tries to spend itself through AI, AOL, Instant Messenger, or iChat buddy list. So basically, after it does infect these computers, it then connects the iChat list and tries to send a copy of itself to other users on your list. The whole concept of uh, what is it exactly, because as I was saying, the several different definitions of viruses. Mm. There's a virus that's malicious that leaks everything on or files on your computer. There's a Trojan virus which pretends to be one type of file when it's really executable and then copies itself out. Mm-hmm. There is the email uh, virus which comes in via email and runs when you open the email virus uh, message and, and propagates itself that way. Then there's the worm which actually just tries to, to spread itself as fast as possible using whatever mm-hmm. um, Open ports. It's not a worm, but they say it's it's sort of a Trojan because it tries to it tries to mask itself as being an image file when it's really not. Um, and also, it requires the user to do something. Yes, yes. It actually uh, requires the user to, to execute yeah, it. Yeah. So it doesn't execute right away. So most viruses will just infect your computer and run. Um, well, most really malicious viruses. This one actually requires you to run it. And as Mike is saying, he's correct in saying that. Um, because of security on Unix, you have to have certain permissions, uh, something called root permissions, to do to run in certain classes of programs. And this program doesn't ask you for the root password and doesn't break that root access. It just looks for four programs that don't require root access to run. So you know, in terms of its um, its, its maliciousness, it's kind of limited just because of the inherent security of Unix, which is built into Mac OS X. But uh, also, well, also Mac OS. Security, I don't know, security rules. I don't know if that's the right word, phrase. Um, I, I, it was reported that a, a Mac OS 10 machine was uh, compromised within 30 minutes from being on the net. At least that's how the ZDNet article. Uh, that's how, how they the headline. portrayed it, yeah. yeah. Um, apparently, well, how, 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 how was, what happened was that uh, this person apparently issued a technical saying, hey, my, my, my Mac OS 10 here on a Mac Mini. Put it on the web, and you invite the people. Hey, to see what we could get, even if we could defeat the uh, website. And somebody was able to do so within 30 minutes. Uh, how they did it, though, was um, the gray area, so to speak. I yeah, guess it's so, not yeah. really. This is not the way a normal hacker would work. Well, it, it's not harsh, but it's not a way you would configure the, the West the operating system. Because what what the person did, he well, he did two, uh, several things. He he installed SSH. Uh, SSH is a basically a secure form of Telnet, which basically allows you to, ex- to as if you were at the keyboard, you know, at the com- keyboard and entering commands and so on. So that's one thing. The second thing, he created an LDAP database on it, 
uh, which are also a, a, website, a web page where anybody visiting the set, his uh, machine can create a user accounts on a machine. So a person basically can create a user account on the machine, then log in via shell access. Now, the accounts were, were supposed to be limited on user accounts. Mm. Right? So from a standpoint that the person who was able to, to log in was able to escalate his privileges to that of a root user and therefore was able to deface the web the website the page. So yes. So in in a way it was a it was a it was a security flaw in a sense mm-hmm. that yeah. you know he was like your machine. Given a limited account you all of a sudden ma- managed to become root yes. the root user. He was able to do it. No, so but the thing but is, at the same time, but almost the almost nobody would turn on SSH on on yeah. except for a very. It, w- it would be a savvy person who would do it, and hopefully they would never turn it off when it wasn't needed. But Mac OS X, um, but SSH by its nature was built to be secure because it's only a flaw in SSH. I, I don't think the flaw is in SSH. No, per se. No, but um, SSH is a necessary evil because um, in terms of web administrators or server administrators, sometimes you cannot. Get full. Out, you can't get physical access to a machine because of, of um, yeah. security concerns or because of location. So what they offer you is uh, SSH access, which is remote terminal. It, uh, it's basically a terminal on your machine, and as opposed to Telnet, Telnet is not encrypted. Yeah, so so therefore, if someone can snoop on your on your on your link, SSH is encrypted because it uses public and, and private uh, shared keys Correct. to make sure that the data that's sent between your machine and the server you're accessing is encrypted. So if even if someone is, is snooping your data, they get uh, encrypted data, right. which they can't decrypt unless they get the, the, the shared key. Mm-hmm. So, but SSH itself is secure. It's just the method they used was, uh, was mm-hmm. a vulnerability. So uh, to, me, to me, it was a case of, well, I, yes, it was, a, a, it was a case of a security flaw in this, uh, that, you know, that, that a, local, a, a local account was elevated to to have root privileges accounts. But to me, to, to say it was a, a, a remote vulnerability as in Mac, to Mac OS X, uh, that to me, that's I, I a think stretch. That, that, that part of privacy is not it's a stretch. But uh, in, to, in response to that, um, there was a website that was set up by... Wisconsin? Wisconsin University. Well, it's down now, but they basically said, yeah, what, what they're doing, uh, what this news article on Yahoo was, 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 was false in the sense that there were certain specific circumstances that were about that aren't typical. Yeah. And hence, it was in the normal way. So, here, so they said, here, what? we're putting a web server on the net for yeah. three days. And it's Mac OS X. And it is in a typical configuration of how things should be. Yeah. And no one was able to hack it. Yeah, even though it was slashed out there and dug. And exactly, it was slashed out there. It was, dig, it was put on dig.com. So there were, there were many, many attempts at it. Yeah. But they weren't able to hack it. So what it shows is that, you know, Security is not, you can't just see an OS secure by dropping it there. It's the conditions in which you implement the OS and put it on the net as well. I think, I think, it, it, mind you, it, it's just generally what, um, I mean, it, I think, I think our technical article on it, I think, summed it up right, the right way. You know, such security is not a trivial thing. And just by choosing an OS, your security problems go away. Exactly. You know, it's like well, saying, let, let's put it this way. If you start off with something that is better constructed, you're probably going to be in in better shape to take care of yourself than if you buy something that's a little rickety. But, I guess if you go look at, say, my Windows, since Service Pack 2, I could be wrong, but I don't think there has been really any huge... Really? Yeah, they've been bugs. You see, ah, what, I, I what caused the explosion? 
uh, into security was two very, very evil bugs. One was a Sasu wound, right. uh, which basically infected any Windows machine that which didn't have a firewall. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was the um, the Slama bug, which affected SQL Server. Um, yeah. So basically, those two bugs caused a lot of damage. Right. And that, I mean, and that's, that's what started to get people aware of security. And that's when you know that's when the security, you know, SP2 and all that kind of stuff. But since Service Pack 2, I could be. I mean, I don't think there has been really even any major outbreak. Or like what? There hasn't been any outbreaks, but there have been many, many patches. Um, uh, yeah, but I mean, yeah, but all 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 the operating systems are patches. I mean, I mean, yeah, Black OS has got. I mean, yeah, I mean, OS X has got. I mean, they just had one just to be last week, ten point four five. The difference is, yeah, uh, it took a major outbreak of a uh, major exploitation of bugs for Microsoft to start saying, here, what we're going to focus on security because our model for operating system was not secure by, by its, by its nature. Yes. Whereas with other operating systems, there was security was built in from Correct. the model. So even if there are bugs, they are not such a high level of bug that you can cause the devastation that these other viruses caused. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's all a matter of, you know, you have to look at the infrastructure that you're building your stuff on. So the problem is that Microsoft is very well marketed and very <laughs> familiar to many users. So hence why it keeps establishing itself as the dominant OS. It might not yeah. be the superior OS, but it is the dominant OS. Okay, I think we will... Do you put the CD? Huh? Do you put the CD? Well, uh, yes. It, well, the CD is still available from... <coughs> I think this Osborne CD is always available from... BitTorrent. By BitTorrent, always, yes. And... Uh, why are these fine foreign number sites? <laughs> or buy. Oh, you can buy, buy. it in, in person if you don't have broadband. Buy for $40 TT. For that, Devon and Deluxe thing at admin at ctcs.org. ctcsweb.org. I'm really out of it. Contact Devon and Deluxe thing at admin at ctcsweb.org. And you too can have a bright new shiny TTCSOSS Web CD with all the latest in open source Windows software, including OpenOffice 2.02. At least, this is Friday. That's right. Okay, uh, so now we found who's going to be doing all of our commercials for yeah, us. Yeah, right? mm. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, well, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, we'll, we, you know, we love to hear you. We love to hear them. You can, as you can send your emails to admin at ttcsweb.org. And. Uh, <laughs> 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 Yeah. Take, take care.